Welcome to another episode of Two Scout Geeks. My name is Joey Galvez, and I'm here with John. John, how's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Excited for another great week. Yes, this is a really fun, special episode. We're going to be talking about two great books I'm excited about. Uh, I don't know if you're excited about these. Very excited. We're going to be talking about The Source and Terminal Protocol. Uh, Look at that. I'm stumbling over my words. I must be super excited. But guess what? We have a special guest on the show today, which is David Byrne, one of the co-publishers at Scout Comics. And uh, super cool. We're going to be talking to him about his uh, work that he does with Scout as well as his Kickstarter coming out right now. Steak Presents. Jessamy, right? Yes, sir. Super huge. Yeah, super huge one, man. Uh, I think it's already funded. But uh, man, this is such a huge one. I already, I've already seen some of the artwork that came out of there. It looks really clean, man. Super, super excited about that one. All right, John. Uh, you know what? Let's 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 jump right into these books here. All right, John. I my pick of the week was the source, and I want to I want to get into this one a little bit. But this one was written by Don Hanfield and Joshua Malkin, with art by uh, Charles. Uh, Carvalho, uh, super super cool. I'm gonna read this the the uh, the log line synapses that they have here on the Scout website really quick. Um, I really like this book though, but let me get into this really quick. The source is a story of Bennett Miller, a high school teacher in St. Louis, who still lives with his grandmother. One day, Bennett is approached after his class by a mysterious old woman, Mrs. Putnam, who tells him that magic is real. And he's one of the prophesied to return it to humanity. The only problem, it's been outlawed for thousands of years. Look, I'm stumbling on my words this episode. For (laughs) outlawed for thousands of years by the ancient few, a powerful sect who hoard it to prolong their lives and will stop at nothing to keep it secret. Uh, based on a true story, ooh, true story, huh? Real legends and actual folklore and myths co-written by the History Channel's Nightfall writer Don Hanfield and Joshua Malkin and illustrated by Leno Carvalho. Uh, so this one's super cool, dude. Um, I did mm-hmm. not know that about these two guys that they, uh, that they did the, uh, History Channel's Nightfall. Super cool. Um, this one, is such a good book, man. I was so excited to read this one. I I've never read it. Uh, I've I've and, and this is one of those things. I've never I haven't read a lot of the old school scout titles and I'm excited that we are delving deep into these old school ones right now because man, if I was along with the ride from the beginning with Scout, uh whoa, how cool would this be to to read one of these mm-hmm. books and be so excited about it, man. What was your first impressions with the source? Well, the source, especially when I first ever read the description and I thought it was somebody who had worked for the History Channel, it gave me an idea that there was going to be a little more, uh, like it said, based on true events, like his actual history lessons in it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about the source is I feel like this is like especially for like some of the older or 
in before the big boom of scout right now. Yeah. This was the book that I feel like had like it come out now. Um, I think it would have been a huge, huge hit. Um, oh, and yeah, there's people yeah. getting back into this one where, and, and I feel like this one's going to be very easily one of the books that gets, uh, turned into television. Yeah. Did is, they, didn't they say that this was one of the titles that they have optioned for television? Yeah, I think it's optioned. Yeah. And if not, this is definitely one that's going to be. Um, yeah, yeah. But just the uh, the premise of it, I think it mm-hmm. like how the first book I really love what I really loved about it is it had an intriguing story. Mm-hmm. But it also gave you where it was going to take you on a journey where it taught you stuff. And, and I love oh, yeah. a lot of like uh, any any kind of media that does that where it's. Um, and I've said this cause like, uh, uh, school, like I'd lot, I learned stuff, but never enough. I always <laughs> felt like media. I ended up learning way more stuff yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, just because they would put like actual like history or mm-hmm. like scientific stuff in it where it's like, Oh, I, Oh, you know how, what that is? And like, yeah, yeah. What, oh, yeah. you learned it in school. No, I learned it from this. And it's like either a comic or a movie or something. And this is <laughs> definitely one of those where you get uh, throughout the journey of this series that they, you're going to learn a ton of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one. Yeah, uh, uh, it definitely. So it, it get like it said in the log line, it follows a history teacher and there's it, it follows him. And you kind of see that this story kind of develops a little bit and it unfolds uh, not so quickly. And it did, but that wasn't like a downfall of this story at all. I, I kind of like those stories where they kind of, it's not too much of a slow burn, but it's just enough of a slow burn that you're interested and you're like, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep that pace going. Let's keep that rhythm going. Uh, uh, really love the artwork. Uh, I was really impressed for these last few, first few pages of the art here. Um, super cool. You kind of, you, you, you are, are, you get right into, uh, Bennett's, uh, lifestyle and who he is and the kind of person he is and the kind of person his grandmother is and their mm-hmm. relationship. I loved that. It, uh, there's a spoiler here. Uh, you know, there's something happens to grandma and I was like, Oh man, she was one of those characters that I really, really loved. And she was only there for maybe like what, two or three pages. Um, yeah, so, and that's it. But she made a big impact on me in this, in this, uh, in this book here, which I'm sure that she was a huge, huge impact on his life. So, uh, super, right. super cool. And I love that. I love how when, uh, creators can kind of convey that to you through the pages of a comic book. Yeah. Now, and the other thing is, it's like, especially talking about a series that, um, was an older scout series. This is one of the series that is the hardest to collect. Oh, really? Um, cause on scout on scouts website alone, the first printing of every issue is about $20. Oh, wow. Um, so I mean, just to get the first prints of this whole series from scout is a hundred bucks to drop. Or eighty to a hundred bucks. Wow! And how many issues um, so do they have not, of this right now? Uh, it's only a four issue series, so okay. the full series is only four issues. Um, but it's uh, and you can get the trade. They actually released the trade recently. It's only twelve ninety nine for the trade, but to actually get the regular issues, yeah. you're gonna spend some money. <laughs> spend almost a hundred bucks, man. Eighty, ninety bucks there. Yeah. So wow. <laughs> that's that's I mean, is is it worth it to grab those books? Because here very soon, if we see something, you know, optioned does not mean that it's going to happen for television. But if they were to pick and choose from these ones, this is definitely one of the the ones that would be at the top of the pile. Yeah, uh, this is. Well, and one of the things I point out to everybody, because uh, the option thing you hear a lot 
Like, uh-huh. especially right now, you're hearing it a lot because there's a lot of companies realizing that yeah. stories in comics are where it's at because yeah. it's already there. They they can use the visuals also to help them create the world they want to make. Right. Um, but with Scout, um, they they may not do it intentionally, but you they do it by accident. But I th- uh, they do it so that you can notice um, mm-hmm. on their website, you'll notice that a lot of the ones that get optioned. The ones that are clearly getting developed already, mm-hmm. um, the books uh, skyrocket in price. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. um, I've watched that a few <laughs> times where like uh, a couple of ones there, it's like, oh, they're optioned. And the prices go up a little, but not much. And then there's ones that they're like, it's optioned. And then they quadruple in price. And it's like, all right, I think this is more that further works. along optioned than uh, yeah. just options. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which one of the ones have you saw that, that we're doing that right now? Well, the source did that. Um, the uh, Murder Hobo comic, which sold out, but <laughs> before it did, did that. Yeah. Um, and then there was one that it was the Ash Canna. Oh, Unicorn, right before they announced oh, yeah. it. Because that one's fully getting developed. But mm-hmm. before that one did, it tripled in price before they even announced it was in development. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this is – and once they announced it, it was like, all right, well, this is more than dev- in development because it was like yeah. skyrocketing in price before they even said it. Yeah, that, and, was, uh, that was not even out yet. Yeah, it's not even out. <laughs> it's not even out yet, and it's like, and it's further along than any of these other ones that I know of right now. I mean, I mean yeah. they are keeping things hush hush a little bit, and even the two scout geeks don't know what's going on completely there. So, uh, nope. so uh, we're we're along for the ride, just like you guys are, man. Um, I'm excited about this book because you know we we see a world of magic, and you know it's been outlawed and things of that nature, and uh, you know, obviously in the log line, it says that he was w- the one who was prophesied to bring it back to humanity. So, uh, I, I'm really excited to kind of move forward with this book. I'm go- probably going to go and, um, purchase these digitally to read them. And then maybe I'll invest in the first printings, uh, if, cause, uh, you can still get them right now. Um, probably not for long. So it, not it, for long. Yeah. So, um, I got lucky enough where actually, um, there was a couple of shops I hit up and they didn't know what they had. Oh yeah. And so I got these all at, uh, either, uh, cover price or cheaper. Wow. That's a good find. That's a really yeah. good find. Wow. Super cool. Yeah, man. I wish more, uh, you're, you're, cause you're here in Arizona with me and, I really wish that we had a lot more shops, at least in the Phoenix metro area, uh, that that call that 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 had carried scout books. And there's not a lot, man. Yeah. And, and no, uh, and 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 I feel like I'm already noticing because the closest one to me, who I've uh, I'm working to try to talk to about carrying more scout. Yeah. They, I haven't uh, had the chance to talk to them really yet or much, but um, I was in their shop the other day and all of a sudden they had a couple of the new titles out. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, they're not, they're not up on the game yet, but Mm -hmm. they at least know enough to say, oh, well, geez, this seems to be getting really popular. I got to carry this. And so it's one of those things where it's like these, uh, you want to see these shops that are local get ahead of the game because the thing is, is pretty soon. Scout's going to be up there. Oh, it's already getting up there. Yeah. Uh, cause it's in, uh, what was it? Top, top five uh, last month, top five this month, I think it is. Oh, really? And like, uh, yeah, for like title sold and everything. So wow. it's one of those things where it's like, they're starting to get closer and closer to the, to the top tier of like in, even the indies, which is like image and boom. Uh-huh. So it's one of those things where it's like, you want to see these shops jump in on it because it's yeah. like, 
Yeah. They're, they're falling behind. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely agree. And you would think because they're shop owners that they have their ear to the ground on this kind of stuff. Uh, sometimes they don't yeah. really. Well, and unfortunately, a lot of the shop owners don't. They just yeah, uh, kind of just order what they, they believe is the popular thing. And unfortunately, the popular thing are the big two, uh, right? So, yep. Uh, and then the big, uh, and I guess you could probably say the big two in the indie world as well, because we have, you know, it, it's usually uh, number one is Image, obviously, and then you got either Boom mm-hmm. or Dark Horse that are kind of up and down. Um, yeah, you know. So anyway, um, I do, I do enjoy that. Uh, we, I, I was talking to David, and we're gonna have him on the show later. And I was talking to him. I was like, I really wish that a lot of my show, my shops here would have Scout titles. And he's like, Well, you got to yell from the rooftops, man, and tell him. I was like, Yeah. I think I might do that to some of the shops that, that uh, I think that need to. But thinking pro- from the perspective of a shop owner, they need to, in order for them to purchase these books, they need to be, they need to know that it's an investment and they're going to, they're going to mm-hmm. sell. So I understand. But right now, Scout is like that, that, that smaller imprint. The They're moving toward, I, I would say they're a medium size imprint. They're definitely yeah. growing and they're, growing to become one of the hugest names in the indie comics imprint world right now i think i believe and that's not just because we are huge fans of them <laughs> that's right. because i i've actually been seeing them you know progress in that that uh that path for quite some time now super cool and that's probably why we started this show because we wanted to you know show everybody that super cool man mm-hmm. you got anything else to talk about this book no i think we touched all on that Super cool. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to your book. What book did you bring us, John? So this week I picked a book that's actually just a one-shot from Scout called Terminal Protocol. Super it's cool. uh, butchering of names. Uh, writer is Jordan Alsaka, and artist is Rem Brew. Uh, when her husband, Dustin, is diagnosed with a terminal illness, Dr. Catherine Talton throws herself into exploring the boundaries of robotics and artificial intelligence to try to find a way to save his life. With the end drawing near for Dustin, Catherine pushes further into interested, uh, oh, un- untested technology realms, refusing to let go of the man she's spent her life with. Terminal Protocol explores how for one woman – how far one woman is willing to push the boundaries of science to save the man she loves. Um, I love this. Uh, I love this book. It, uh, yes. I believe, came last month also in the uh, Scout subscription box. Oh, cool! Um, and this is just one of those like very intriguing sci-fi movies yes. you see kind of a lot, where it's uh, uh, testing like the what's human, what's robot, robotica, and like where's the boundaries. Yeah. And this book really does a fantastic way of just showing mm-hmm. like such emotion through it and what it all means right yeah i i I liked it a lot too uh one thing that i that i uh loved so much about it is that it was it was ai and super sci-fi i these are the kind of books that are right up my alley and i don't know how this one kind of you know i overlooked this book here because when i was reading it i was like ooh, ooh, i like this a lot and and i'm gonna be honest for this week um, I'm if if I were going to say which one was my favorite, I think I would probably say Terminal Protocol. But that doesn't mean 
that the source is a bad one. It's it's a different, but the source is a, is more of a, is a magic tale, it's, and and mm. it deals with uh, uh, demons and and all kinds of really cool stuff like that. But uh, uh, Terminal Pro- Protocol is right up my alley. This is the kind of stuff that I am I gravitate towards. I really love like the AI type stories. I really love the like futuristic kind of things. Those are like, you know, my kinds of stories, like, like the whole Blade Runner type stuff. That is me right. all day, man. And, and this one definitely satisfied that in me. I liked it a whole lot. I did not like that it was just one. Uh, well, a one shot and and at the end of it it did not feel like it was a one shot i thought this was just like a regular first issue of an ongoing series i really really want to see this continue this would be so cool how old is this one john this one ooh, that's actually something because <laughs> uh i didn't even get this on like uh other websites to come up because uh yeah. it was one of their i i think just because it was one shot it was something that was a little harder to find because I was actually trying to find that info and I yeah, didn't. Yeah. So and I did see, see that. I, can I did that see while, while you're looking that up. I did see that the uh, that this is one of the first uh, times that what was it? Rem Brew uh, actually started uh, doing uh, comic books. And dude, I gotta tell you, dude, his art style is so freaking cool. It reminded me a lot of like um, like Chew type stuff. Um, very very similar to that. The the way uh he makes his characters look and all that good stuff but yeah um, so it came out so it came out 2016 so this is one of the relatively very early titles okay wow super cool yeah uh, uh it says that uh you know rambrew uh, lives in germany in 2008 he left his job as an architect to get to focus on his artwork super cool um I, I love mm-hmm. this man, and this was one of his. It says this is one of his slow beginnings to jump into the comic book world. Um, yeah, and he's 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 hitting it out of the park now because uh, oh, yeah? one of his titles that's coming out uh, is another book that is uh, coming out the called the Kaiju Score, and it's mm. already one of the biggest titles, um, and it's not even out yet. So this is a guy who's uh, hitting it big in the indie world, also. Yeah, uh, super cool. I I really like this one a lot. There was a couple things that I did notice that I was like, uh, I did notice, and this is probably going to be just me being like a perfectionist. You and I joked about that the other day. Um, no, I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did notice that there was a couple of uh, like misspellings, not misspellings, but, but like there was one place where they left out one word. Uh, it wasn't really too uh, too uh, bad, but but I did notice there was like oh, I was like oh that doesn't make sense there they should have put like the word two like T O right there and then it would have made sense yeah uh, but here well, and there and but- I think um, we've hit we've hit on that note kind of the last uh, I think three up ep- this will be the third episode but because um, we did uh, uh, fisheye first we did mm-hmm. mindbender last week and we did uh, terminal protocol this week yeah is this was um a lot of these issues and series are also the first um, out the door things from scout. So a lot of these have like where, and and even like we said, Rambro's starting to uh, do a lot more in the Indies and stuff. And he's got a huge book coming out, but up until recent years, he hasn't had anything else. So this was also a lot of these guys uh, first like steps into the industry. Yeah. So you do see that also it's kind of that thing of like, this is their first step of like, I'm here. Yeah. And, and yeah. And you can't judge them by, by making small mistakes. We are human. We are not the yes. AI in 
a terminal protocol, right? <laughs> we can't. Right. And so, so we do have feelings and we do, uh, you know, do the, we do make mistakes. So I'm not going to hold that against it. It's definitely not one of those things that I sit there and be like, Oh, this, this book is garbage because they didn't even, they didn't even take the time to, to read through it and, and make sure that the editing was, editing process was on par. Like we are not those kinds of guys. I, I, this book, mm-hmm. This book excited me. I I was on, left me, you know, dangling on every single panel. I wanted to see this kind of succeed. It the 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 kind of uh, feeling that uh, the the um, married couple had in this. I don't want to give too much too much away. I'm trying to figure out a way to to say this without giving too many spoilers. I mean, yes, it is uh, you know from 2016 or whatever, but still, I want people to go out and read it. But Right. The feeling that that was from when uh, he kind of transitioned and and the feeling I felt what she was going through. I felt what he was going through. And I kind of I was like, I was like, ah, I was fighting with myself. I was like, do I want to stand on her side? Do I want to stand on his side? I want them to both succeed in this kind of this thought process that they're going through through the book. And I want to see more. I want to see what comes next. I want to see what she has up her sleeve to, uh, you know create something better for her husband uh so Mm -hmm. super cool super cool i I really want you guys to go out there and read it this is a really super cool sci-fi tale if you like like artificial intelligence and people doing maybe i I guess we can say like body switching right (laughs) i guess Mm -hmm. we could probably say something like that if you got like kind of stuff like that futuristic tales uh go check this book out uh it's super cool what else you got john uh I get, I don't really know. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it for that one. I just love this uh, book. I brought it up because there, in recent years, especially in movies, there's been this uh, resurgence on like, uh, like robotics and like putting people in robots and kind of yeah. like what's human, what's not. And it, uh-huh. it's, I love those stories just because it's one of those things where it's like um, people get hit with the, those movies, I think, especially because it makes them think about what's life and everything. Yeah. And so I love yeah. And I think that's why I, we love the indie comics so much, too, is because a lot of the books, it's like there's this sci-fi aspect to it, but it's not what any of it's about. Like, right. it's what yeah. it's about. But the actual like underlying story or elements or like meaning of the books generally have nothing to do with like what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we've talked about. Um, that's one reason I love uh, uh shot show as we will keep it g um is because uh i saw, like I saw about, you had to look it, around and see if your son yeah, was there <laughs> is uh it's one of those uh things where it's it's more about the journey and like him dealing with like the depression and stuff and everything yeah. with the drinking yeah. although it's a superhero book it has nothing to really do with the superhero part yeah, I like think that I think that's perfect. The you, element. I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. This this book is about the journey, about the life experience, about about how they uh, like acceptance or 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 being unaccepted, uh, you know, or or not accepting of your new kind of your new body, you know, almost literally here. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> well, and and this is one that I think also you could oh we can say this much. It's a book that um for people that have a hard time with dealing with uh, losing people. Oh yeah. As yeah. this is about the, the, the uh, terminal illness is like, yeah. it, it definitely touches on that of like the aspect of uh, like what that means to both sides of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah, super cool. I suggest everybody to go out there and, and look these two books up, and and uh, if you can purchase them, do it. Uh, these two, I think, I think this would be a really good one for television too. Would you think that this would be a better movie or a TV show? I think it would be a movie. You think so? Because just because since it's a one shot too, I think yeah. as a movie, it would give it that chance to uh, yeah okay. really develop as that also. See, where see, I was I was more thinking of this one as a as a show, kind of like uh, more on. Um, I would probably say maybe HBO Max or maybe uh, maybe not. Uh, but I don't know where it would land, but I was more of thinking this would be a really good TV show because you can kind of, you can kind of build up to the point to where, uh, the, the actual, uh, premise of this book, what, what actually happens in this book actually takes place. You can see the different changes of, of his, uh, you know, terminal illness in this one. So, so Mm -hmm. I was, I, I was like, this would be really good because you can build upon, uh, the, what they're going through together as a as as a as a married couple, uh, going with one of them bec- uh, coming uh, down with cancer and things of that nature, and take that journey, and then you can kind of see her kind of you know uh, neglecting him, spending time with him a little bit, and those different things there, the confliction there. So I was like, ooh, that would be a really good TV show that I would definitely watch. Soup. Um, so I mean. I, I I saw it as more of a TV show, but you I, you can do the same thing in a movie, but it would have to be a little bit more fast paced. Yeah, super cool, man. Uh, hey, I know I'm just throwing you, uh, you know, here on your feet here for a second, but do you have any news out of Scout? I I a uh, recent recent oh actually yes um which will be late news, but um they actually just popped uh uh that we're recording this they uh. uh just announced the first box of mini because we had uh Schmalky and Woodall on who talked about the electric black box that's coming. Yeah. Well, they just showed off on the scout doc, uh, uh, Facebook page and everywhere that they the first one they are coming out with is for headless. Okay. I, I thought I saw so, one for the source as well. It seems like there's a, it, and it said there's one of many. So if you've noticed also, there's a couple of times, um, cause one of the last like online comic cons they did, uh, they actually had the electric black box, the box that's go- it's going to have that stuff. Uh-huh. They had it in the background as they were talking. So oh, they're kind of showing these off and they exist <laughs> already. Wow. It's just, they're not telling us like what's all in each one, but it sounds like we're getting wow. quite a few of them. Oh man, that is genius. And I didn't know, I don't know if you noticed that there was uh who was source point press is doing uh, these, these boxes. Now these mystery boxes mm-hmm. with these really cool prestigious looking uh, uh, covers on the, on the box. So uh, people are starting to notice what scouts doing. Uh, scout, yeah. did, scout started doing these boxes and they're, and they're, and they're very successful. And, uh, uh, now other imprint companies are are now starting to fall in line and be like, "Ooh, let's do that." So I guess we could yeah, say and, uh, scout I, scout as our trendsetters, man. Setters, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I really like about these ones now too, where it's focused on each individual uh, series, is it gives that collector the person who really loves that series. Because as they said with uh, the electric black one, we're going to have an item. Of like yeah. uh, from the shop in it a and stuff and some item. Uh, prints and stuff. So it's it's just a phenomenal thing yeah. for a collector. Yeah, yeah, super cool, man. Uh, you know, Phantom Star Killer came out, and it's like literally one of the biggest titles that I've seen everybody talking about. 
every and every time I turn around, there is somebody showing off their newest variant. And I gotta tell you, mm-hmm. out of Scout, dude, they, this is probably the one that I've seen with the most variant covers man yes this is absolutely their most <laughs> variants and, and i think that you're going to start seeing where they're going to have a lot more of this now where there's a uh, uh, tons of variants and stuff going on um i wouldn't be surprised with as we talk to uh later uh that stake will also have that same oh, scenario yeah. and we also know of some comics ourselves that are getting some variants also so i mean yeah you're going to start seeing where these are going to fall in line, just like with a lot of stuff now where mm-hmm. for first issues, you're going to get uh, the like store exclusive yeah. online shop exclusive and all these things. So I do have some quick news. I, I uh, you know, obviously Ninja nuns finished, right? And I yes. got, I, uh, yesterday I got my Ninja nuns PDF copy of it, man. Same. Yeah, and super cool. The cover looks great. But another thing from Ninja Nuns, they just announced that they have a diamond pre-order code for it now for on Scout. So if everybody who yes. was not able to back it on on the Kickstarter, you're going to be able to get a different uh, cover. And I also saw that there's another variant cover coming out from yes, Scout so too. So there's got another two one possible covers. Super cool. I love it, man. I um, love what they're doing. And on top of that, if we're hitting on the previews also, um, the first three Scoot books are now in the previews also. Oh, yeah. So we have Soul Stream, yes. uh, uh, Sanji and Tembo, and uh, I believe Mapmaker oh, super was cool. the other one. Nice, nice. So you're already going to see a ton of the books hitting the shelves now. I love it, man. I, I'm I'm really excited about Scoot. Uh Super cool. We, and we've, and, and we're going to tell you guys here right now on the show, we've got something really cool in the works with, uh, with a scoot imprint book. We're going to be doing, we're partnering with, uh, with the creator of soul stream and we're going to be doing something really, really cool for you guys very soon. We will have an official announcement. So by the time you listen to this, we may have already announced it. So keep an eye out and hopefully you guys take a look at our facebook page and i'll throw it on uh instagram john john is handling our instagram i am handling twitter and we both handle facebook so we'll throw it all over our social media and and uh, Um, you guys are going to definitely see something cool come out of that so it it wasn't a map maker which will definitely probably be in the next preview but uh it's loot actually which is huge because this is a book that's been part of the line before any of the scoop books so it's been on its way for a while so we're finally getting loot to come out super cool i've been hearing a lot about map maker so um yeah so that one would have made sense to for that one to come out before anything else so but that's still pretty cool though man i love it awesome yeah and the best part about these when they drop these first issues because a lot of these are going to be uh for the kids which makes more sense is going to be straight to trade so Uh There, it's going to be more affordable, but they made it so that you, all of the Scoot uh, issue ones are going to be one ninety nine. So they're going to be easier okay. for parents to grab and jump into. I love it. I love it. All right, John, you got anything else? Any more news from Scout? No, sir. All right. We're going to take a quick break right here, guys. And when we come back, we're going to come back with David Byrne, the co-publisher of Scout Comics and creator of Steak. We'll see you guys here in a little bit. All right. Welcome back from the break. And as we said before the break, we're going to be talking to David Byrne, the co-publisher from Scout Comics 
and the creator of Steak. How's it going, David? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, man. You sound extremely tired, and I know that you've been really, really busy and working really hard, man. So we're not going to keep you too long. You got me as long as you want me. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to regret that. Probably. I know John likes to talk. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, that's probably why we both started a podcast together because we love to hear our own voices. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so uh, we're not here to talk about ourselves. We're here to talk about you and your work uh, with Scout and as well as on Steak, man. So, uh, number one, I got to tell you, man, when I heard about you jumping on as co publisher, that was really, really cool. Uh, I need to know how, how you, uh, number one, uh, congratulations, pretty cool. And uh, how did you feel when, when you kind of heard that news drop? Um, it was kind of surprising, but uh, obviously it felt really good. You know, I've been with the company since uh, March of 2019 doing mostly design, but pretty much anything that needed to be done. Um, I helped with the overhaul of the website, which I don't know if you saw it before, but it's drastically different and <laughs> a lot easier to use, which was, was our issue. Like the old yeah. website, you were actually capped on the number of items you had for sale. So at any given time, we had a ton of inventory at HQ that we didn't even have online for sale. Oh, wow. Super, super interesting. Yeah. Sometimes user, uh, user friendly sites are, are probably key, right? When you, when you, especially when you want to sell some stuff. Super cool. Um, I mean, tell me a little bit about steak. Uh, cause John knows a little bit more about steak. I, I'm not too familiar with it. All right. Well, steak is, it's a vampire story, but it's, we've made vampires a little different than, you're used to it. They're not supernatural. It's actually just a different step in evolution. Ah. So these are, they're not, you know, demons or anything like that, even though they may per- be perceived that way. But the story centers around an old vampire who decided that they shouldn't be in the shadows anymore and basically killed someone on national TV to oh, wow. announce their presence. And the main character is Angel, who calls herself Stake. And we start the story three years later as she is now a member of the Vampire Bounty Hunting Union. And she spends her her time trying to track down that vampire because he went into hiding after he did that. Super, super interesting. Uh, I know John's got tons of questions for you, man. So Uh, (laughs) what 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 made you think of this story? Like, where did this uh, start as like, you know, it's I like every story I have people ask me that and the way my brain works is really strange. Like I get a, I'll be watching a TV show. I'll be, you know, reading a book or listening to a podcast and I'll just have something seep into my brain. And then it just goes forever until finally it's a story that I have to put down on paper. I mean, I've heard, I've heard theories that a lot of people write down every idea they have. Mm -hmm. If you get an idea and it won't go away. That's when you write mm-hmm. it down. So yeah. this one, it, it was kicking around in my head for a long time. Initially, the main character was uh, who was going to be steak was a guy. And thinking more about it, the story actually made more sense from the perspective of having it as a female character. And then it just spiraled. And it's been probably, I think it was probably two and a half years from concept to actually having the book that we kickstarted in March. Wow. 
That's that's really cool. Uh, I, I've talked to a handful of creators where they say, you know, I'm just driving down the road mm-hmm. and something something pops into my head. And I and there's been moments where I have to pull off to the side of the road, sometimes the side of the highway and grab a notepad and, and kind of write it down really quick so that I can make sure that that I get that. Because like like you said, if it's if it's in there and it's nagging at you, you got to get it down on paper. Uh, super, super cool. Uh, I know. Go ahead, John. So uh, one of the things that I think is incredible that uh, is uh, from the first one that you kickstarted till even now is the amount of uh, artists that you have do uh, covers. And the crazy thing for me is like when steak first hit uh, Kickstarter the first time you had some of the like biggest known, like variant cover artists that exist now that you got to do the first one. Like you had Peach Momoko, you had Derek Chu. And even now you got Gian. Uh, you've got so many people that are like really into that. How, how did you get like, like so many people like really into this series? Uh, the, <laughs> I, have, I have people ask me this all the time. Like, how do you get with, in touch with these artists? I literally just ask them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that simple. You know, if you want to work with somebody, you know, there, there's also a rule. Um, don't be a dick. So anytime I talk to anybody, I'm, (laughs) I I try to be as nice as I can be. I mean, I've spoken both of you offline. You you guys probably can vouch for, I'm very friendly, very accommodating. (laughs) So no, it, it, it really is. Um, and the other thing, if you want to get an artist, give them plenty of lead time because these guys have schedules. So yeah. don't, oh, don't yeah. call them up and say, Hey, I got a Kickstarter in a week. You want to do a cover? I mean, yeah, <laughs> well, cause yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big thing. I mean, for artists, especially cause like they, they've like, even when they do like commissions and stuff, they're very like, there's gotta be a time base. There's yeah. gotta be a certain mm-hmm. time for everything. And the thing is, is for them, they've also got to make sure they have enough time to finish it, but they also got to make sure they, they have the projects in line. Like they have to yeah. get everything where they can plan it. So that way they don't rush their art. They get it done right and everything. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, and uh, the, going into this too is um, uh, when you just uh, started the new Kickstarter for uh, Jessime right now, um, there is uh, the, the new uh, artist you have for the series too is uh, such a phenomenal artist. Oh, Francesca is fantastic. She uh, did a series for Aftershock that came out either at the end of last year. Or it might have debuted this year, but Artemis and Assassin. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, it, it looked, her art's fantastic in there. Uh, Stephanie Phillips wrote it. She's a really good writer. Um, mm. I don't even remember when I reached out to her, what specifically I saw, but I messaged her. She said, oh, I'm really busy for a while with Artemis and Assassin. <laughs> And no. my initial was to have her for steak presents Jessamy because I was going to do with Luis who did the original art on number one, do six issue arcs with him and then have another artist do a spinoff that was two or three issues that we could put out while he was drawing the next arc. And what happened was it didn't work out with Luis to go forward past number one. And I was talking to Francesca and told her, yeah, I think I'm going to have to find somebody else to do the main series. And She's like, well, I'll do it. So wow. like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> that works for me. Yeah, yeah she, that's really cool. <laughs> she was another person who I, because I've talked to her also. She's, she's uh, like so ecstatic for this series. Like mm-hmm. she's talking about it with everybody posting it all over the place. She loves uh, steak right now too. And that's another great thing to see from an artist too. It's like they have as much passion as the writer does for the project. 
Oh yeah. She, she posts more than I do, which is yeah. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> it helps me a lot because as you well, guys both you know, mean, I'm, I'm fairly busy most of the time. So yeah. sometimes getting on social media is not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Well, right. we'll talk a little bit about that. You are a busy guy with your, with your day to day stuff. Uh, you, you and I were talking and you were like, man, I, I kind of want to go home. I don't want to be here for more than 15 hours. I'm like, whoa, dude, you are a way better person, man, than I can be 15 hours in one place. I can't do that. That's, that's a lot. But, uh, with, how do you, how do you balance that, man? How do you balance your, your, your busy work schedule and creating something like this? Cause I know it's just like you said a little bit ago, it's got to be really hard to have something in your head like this and it's nagging at you. You got to get it down on paper. So where do you t- find the time to, to do that? Honestly, the creative parts are always what ends up suffering. So okay, the thing I've learned about writing for comics is you just have to stay ahead of your artist. So <laughs> I only have to write to the point where she has something to work on. If, if I run out of okay. script, then she's just sitting there twiddling her thumbs, which that's oh, yeah. what we can't have. So mm-hmm. right now I've got um, enough issues of steak in the can that I can, once I hopefully have a little time over Christmas, write out the rest of the arc and, you know, into yeah. the future. I mean, I've got probably a dozen series I want to write, but, you know, with Mm -hmm. day jobs and then also Scout has to come first as far as my creative versus Scout because I have to make sure these books are getting to print and that everything's going well. So how do I manage it? Uh, It gets put on the back burner. That's how. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think I I do like uh, one thing because I think it's going to help a lot of uh, the team you have at Scout now, too. And even yourself as a writer yourself is when you guys announce that um, as the new books come out, there's going to be like a two month period between each issue. Because that's also going to be nice, too, because then for like uh, the creators, it gives them the chance to take the time to start working on their other series, too, and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, I thought that was really cool, too, because you can also give the chance for people to jump into the series as well. Yeah, that's the more of the idea behind that is to give retailers an idea of how to order a series. Because I was mm-hmm. a comic shop owner for two years, and yeah. the hardest thing is when you order number one, you're probably going to order heavier than you're going to order any other issue because oh, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. you're, it's a number one. People will buy just that. There are collectors who will buy every number one that comes out. Yes, oh, yeah. you don't know what the sticking power is going to be for an issue two, three, four with the way the diamond system works right now, when number one is being or is on the shelves, you've already had to order number two or three. Mm-hmm. So we, we have no idea what to order. <laughs> yeah. So the idea was to give that break, let number one get into shops, let them see how it's performing. Then they can order two and three. Oh yeah. And that's, that's gotta be one of the rough uh, things when you're a comic shop or uh, owner is you know ordering enough and, and kind of predicting the future right mm-hmm. and, and that's that's the hardest thing man you and i talked a little bit about that um extensively on how rough it was on you guys and and, and pre-orders are is like the lifeblood of a comic shop uh you know owner so we got you know people out there we i don't know how many times i stress tell everybody if you like a book and you you're interested pre-order it before you hit foc man because that is how we get these books into the hands of our consumers into the hands of us collectors out there and Mm -hmm. and 
uh, we have to always you've got to pre-order it man and and it's it's that's just what it how it is yeah you can't um, just hope it's going to be there on the shelf when you get there and sometimes and you know I, you don't know how many times i've gone to a shop and i'm like ooh, this this book's coming out tomorrow i'm gonna hit that shop i'm even the first one in there and still it's gone because all the people who have pre-ordered it they have it in their pool list mm-hmm. and so Every copy that they got, where they they are, no, sorry, dude, we only ordered enough for the pre the the pull listers. Like my bad, we may have had one or two, but they already grabbed it. So it's it's you got to pre order, and if your pull lists are will save you, Lynn. <laughs> That's the one thing. I've gotten so many books on my pull list that I know that people other people didn't. So definitely, definitely do that. <clears throat> I, so you got a Kickstarter going right now. <laughs> so, and I know your 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 day to day job is pretty stressful as well. How how stressful is is the the Kickstarter stuff going as well as you're trying to balance that stuff? Well, it, it's kind of funny. The I picked the busiest month of the year for me to launch a Kickstarter. <laughs> why why not? Right? But Fun. what it actually keep did, you on your toes. I, I remember in March I was like in our house when you when you're stressed out we call it anxiety cat. I was a gigantic anxiety cat in March when I was getting ready to launch. And the minute I did, you know, I just sat there staring at, at the screen waiting. And yeah, we had, we, we fun, funded on day one in March, yep. but I watched in the first 45 minutes, I only had two pledges and I was, I was ready to walk wow. out in the traffic. Cause I was like, nobody uh. likes me. So this time I, I actually consciously, launched while I knew I would be so busy that I couldn't even look. And I didn't look for the first three hours of the campaign. And when I finally did, we were already at 80%. So I felt a lot better. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, uh, I got my notification that it went live and I went to, to back it. And I was already like, it was like, Oh, you're there already like over 50%. I was like, it just, it just hit like in the last minute or two, what happened? <laughs> I guess we did good promotion this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, even now it's because uh, we do, I do message you back and forth kind of just being like, because uh, I think it's awesome at the same time, just laughing at it is like every stretch goal you're putting up is just uh, getting destroyed within the next day or the next two days. Like every time you put up a new stretch goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be worse, right? We, we could, we could still be trying <laughs> to fund. So I, I like doing the stretch goals because it just gives people more fun stuff. Um, yeah. Right now, we I haven't got to post about it, but it is up on the page. There's a, a new print available. Yes, by wow. Brian Lusang. Yep. Yes. Cool. Um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about because um, uh, going over what it shows on the page and everything, and just the Jessamay uh, is uh, one thing you uh, and I love when writers handle history well. And when they jump back in time and everything, and I thought you did a very good job of that, like with this one, especially with like the time period it was coming over to America and everything. Oh yeah. The the script for the issue itself took me like a day to write, but with the rabbit hole of research, I probably spent two or three weeks actually just researching and making sure everything was accurate. And like, I don't know if you looked through it, there's a ship in like the first 10 pages that was a real ship. Yes. <laughs> there there uh, actually was a prison transport ship called the Goodspeed. <laughs> so nice, like nice. everything in there is something that is actually 
that I found in, in my research. Yeah. And cause I, I, I love a lot of things with, uh, cause there's some video games I love that did that. And you, uh, only if you pay attention, do you see that detail, but that detail is what makes the difference. Mm-hmm. Like having it where it's like people who do, cause they've, there's people who do know the history of stuff. And when they see that yeah. and read that, they, it gets them even more into it. So I really loved the attention to detail on the history. Yeah. 99% of people won't know that it's, something's inaccurate, but you'll have that mm-hmm. 1% who will see it and <laughs> will call you out. <laughs> and sometimes they're the ones with the loudest megaphone, right? <laughs> yes. Usually always. So, right. <laughs> so I, I need to know, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, like research and all that kind of stuff. Uh, what is your creative process? Do you do a lot of research for some of these titles uh, that you do? I know some of them, you know, don't involve a lot of that, but, but, how, what is your creative process when you're when you're trying to get into uh, uh, the creative space of creating something like steak? Usually, it kicks around in my head for a long time before I go go to paper, and then I have a bit of a process where I'll do a log line. You know what, basically, mm-hmm. what the series is going to be about. What if, if you were to flip yeah. on TV guy or the TV guy channel and you saw the little blurb under the the yeah. name of the show? I do one of those, then I'll do a paragraph, then I'll do a full page kind of rundown of where things are going to be. Somewhere in between there, a lot of times I'll do bulleted out beats that I want to hit. But then from that synopsis, that one page synopsis, I will actually go and do a, what's called a treatment. I'll do a full breakdown in prose of where things need to go. And that's when I take it over from that section to being, I actually use Excel. I create a spreadsheet mm-hmm. with page numbers. Yeah. This needs to happen on this page. Yeah. Then I go to a script. <laughs> so it's, it's really a process. And what that helps it, me do when, mm-hmm. by the time I've written the script, it's almost like I've gone through three or four rewrites. Mm-hmm. So from the script phase, there isn't really that much rewriting. Usually it's tweaking dialogue and making sure that the panels and everything flows right. You know, that's not the first time that I heard that the the use of Excel to, you know, create a, a kind of the beats like you were talking about. Um, it seems like it's quite popular here and there. So that's kind of cool. Um, awesome. Awesome, man. Um, I, 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 I need to know uh, a little bit more about uh, what you do in your day job, man. I know you 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 got something cool going on, right? Ah, uh, I, I don't know if I'd call it cool. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's certainly different. We I actually validate computer systems at pharmaceutical companies, so okay. <laughs> I don't know how how cool or fun that is. But it you know it keeps the lights on at the house while uh, comics can be a drain when you're you're a writer. <laughs> and well, I also, because you know, I, I I need to spend more time doing other things. I also sell real estate, and I have for sixteen years. So, oh wow, yeah, Super I actually cool. basically have three plus full time jobs. That's that's not a lot at all. I think you need a couple more, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you got? <laughs> well, I mean, three full time <laughs> jobs, uh, and with the writing and the co co publisher and everything, you know, just quite ton down ton on you right now yeah that's why uh, when i shut down the retail for um it was gotham's finest comics in ormond beach we had a shop and i yeah. just i couldn't be there so running a running a shop while not being there is it's just 
it's too hard. So something had to give. That was the one. Yeah. But it was a valuable experience. It's really helped me from the other side, you know, on, on the publishing mm-hmm. side, on the creator yeah. side. So every, every experience you get really helps going forward. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about Win Pictures. That's basically the blanket company I use for all my, my personal publishing. Mm-hmm. It was going to be a film production company, which I did. You know, I did a few like just real estate videos and stuff like that for our mm-hmm. listings and things. But I've used it for publishing for probably four years now. I published my novel Shady Place through there, and I've done a handful of kids' kids books for someone else. Uh, an autobiography. Well, I guess. Yeah, it's an autobiography. I helped him rewrite it, but it, it's in his own voice. So I did that. And it's where I, I host all my, my stuff that's David A. Byrne. It's really all <laughs> under wind pictures. So cool. Yeah, you, if you have the Kickstarter version of Stake number one, uh-huh. it actually wind pictures is the logo on there. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah. Because I was looking that up, I was like, "This is all the cool stuff that I, that I've been looking for." When I was trying to research some stuff, I was like, "I was looking up your comic book stuff," and I was like, "I can't find it." So when I finally looked up Win Pictures, I was like, "That there it is, there's there it is. That's all right there." Which is kind of weird, but that was really cool that I saw that. So awesome, man! Awesome. Uh, you know, uh, John, do you have anything else to talk to David about? I don't. I don't want to keep him too long. He needs to get back to work. <laughs> That's a nice break, believe me. Um. <laughs> Really, it's just, uh, I guess the other question is with, like you were saying, you've got a lot bouncing around your head. Is there anything other than steak that you're currently, you know, working on or thinking about getting into? Or at least can talk about? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I put out, I think there's some stuff on my website for it. We've been working on Spy Deer Man for a couple of years, um, which is basically what if uh, Bambi grew up to be James Bond? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of tongue in cheek, you know, s- yeah. satirical, irreverent humor, basically. If, right. if James Bond was a deer and never talked. <laughs> so, um, that's a lot of fun. I did the couch. I may revisit that when I have some time, but right now I've got to really focus on uh steak and publishing with yeah. scout. So yeah, those are kind of on the back burner, but 2021, I think I've got a lot of projects I want to start pushing forward. Yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, tons of like 2021, 2022. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming out because everybody was like locked down. They're like in creator mode. So I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of that, man. Super cool. All right. You know, what, David, we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us. Uh, we don't want to keep you too much longer. Uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can go and get your uh, kick, Kickstarter going and all that stuff? Absolutely. You can find me on pretty much every social media outlet at DAB282. So that's like dog apple boy 282. And <laughs> the Kickstarter is at steakcomic.com. And so if cool. you want to, you can now order steak number one for mm-hmm. a January release. Actually, just came out on previews yesterday. So. Nice. Tell, tell your shop to order it, and it's not in the previews magazine, but uh, store owners can see it. We have a order 10 and unlock the Derek 2 cover for number one. Oh, so cool. I'll be ordering 10 on my own then. 
<laughs> well, they can it's, open order it once they've ordered 10 of the regular cover. So, Oh, yeah. okay. We have to have the shop order the 10. Unfortunately, it's for shop owners only. I'll still that's, order 10. That's the one thing. <laughs> yeah, we, if we we could still have them order 10 for us and then, mm-hmm. you know, have them split that in. you can order as many the, of the others you want. <laughs> so, so go out there, order 11. And then have them slip that that one in ten in your in your pull list, and just give them a fifty or something. See what they do. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, uh, uh, John. Will you please see us out? And as always, everyone, Scout is what it's all about. Scout's what it's all about. Scout's what it's all about.